This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A great week of wrestling. Not just wrestling, WWE. It took two weeks for Triple H to be at the head of the creative department, and we're getting good quality TV. Now, let me catch you up, Cole, because I know you're not watching. Ah, ah. I watched Monday Night Raw. Yes! <laughs> I did. I heard, you know, I watched, I caught the main event of SummerSlam, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, all the tractor nonsense and, and all that stuff. It was it was a spectacle. It was fun. You should and watch the whole show. I should. I've seen lots of clips, actually, and I, I have skimmed through some of the stuff. I saw that Logan Paul was fantastic again, uh, that... Uh, the world champion barbershop chorus, the chorus that beat us, sung Pat McAfee to the ring. Uh, they are the Music City chorus. They were in Music City. What the hell? Brand new world champions. You might as well. Uh, so that was fun for me on top of uh, wrestling barbershop happened uh, in the world. And that's always a good thing for me. And uh, Pat McAfee again made Baron Corbin look fantastic. I heard all of this. I love. Um, I kind of knew. Uh, for one reason or another, that Bailey was uh, pitching a faction with some of the more talented, uh, you know, res- female wrestlers that had big independent names. I don't know why I knew that. Um, there's no reason for me to know that, or maybe s- specific people she was talking to trying to recruit for that group. I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, I was excited about that. So I watched Raw. I, I watched the whole thing. I did a little bit of fast-forwarding because I wasn't that interested in the matches, per se, on Monday Night Raw, but I wanted to see the direction Triple H was going to take things and uh, how it was going to move, and I was thoroughly impressed. Um, he elevated Tommaso Ciampa in one night. Um, he he had AJ Styles, you know, putting AJ Styles back in it. I really, really, really loved the United States title package. I thought that was fantastic. Um, I also enjoyed the memes of Vince McMahon sitting at home wondering why we're doing a package on wh- how important titles are. That was one of my favorite things of the week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed Raw. I loved the, all these segments with um, with Bailey and her group. I thought it was great. Um, I thought that was one of the best brawls i've seen in a while and it was six females brawling in the ring it was chaotic it was intense it was fantastic and then i got to see rhea ripley wrap her legs around someone's head and uh my fucking heart exploded so that was fucking fantastic um i don't remember if that was at SummerSlam or whenever but that was definitely a highlight of the week i think most wrestling people's heads exploded um 
So, did you watch SmackDown? Yes, I definitely did watch SmackDown. And boy, yes, the Triple H guy of Triple H guys has returned with his manager. Uh, Karrion Cross came out and beat the teetotal shit, I love that phrase, out of yes. Drew McIntyre. Right in front of Roman Reigns, and then Scarlett put the hourglass in the ring, signifying to Roman, TikTok, that's how he should have came the first time. My God. Yeah. Well, that's how we all came this time. So oh, yes. But, you... uh, yeah, I have met Scarlett Bordeaux in person, and she is uh, by far the most attractive human I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. And uh, so I'm excited to see both of them back on television. I really do. I really enjoyed Karrion Cross's run in NXT. So I'm looking forward to that. What else happened on SmackDown, Sir Ronald? Um. Well, you got the ongoing feud between a rebuilding of Shinsuke Nakamura and Triple H's vision, and uh, he's going after Gunther Walter. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna own Gunther as long as that talented person is getting the push he deserves. I'm fine with it. Plus, he's all Jack now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's gonna be on the horizon soon. I'm pretty sure they're gonna have that at the big uh, UK pay per view instead of uh, SummerSlam, uh, obviously because SummerSlam already happened. And uh, it didn't happen. So Shinsuke versus Gunther at the at the UK pay-per-view. We got a returning Karrion Cross. I'm excited for wrestling. Who knows what's going to happen and what the stories are going to be told. If we're going to get Mauro Ranallo back, that would be that great. That would be amazing. Cause... I, I think the best move that Triple H and Stephanie could make right now is to get rid of the toxic atmosphere that has been WWE. Because like this is something that we've been hearing rumors about for years and years that it's just not a fun place to work um that the people in the office aren't comfortable that like guys like kevin dunn and uh, like the uh the semen guy i care canyon semen was a just a total piece of shit and and that's why he got fired like who thinks it's okay to send someone's stuff in a garbage bag like so, like, but there's a lot of people I've heard, you know, just we as the general public, the reporting, the dirt sheets and everything have covered that there's just a lot of assholes and toxic people there. So if WWE can get rid of all those motherfuckers, um, then we can get rid of, you know, then they probably can bring Morrow back because one of the main reasons he left the main roster was because of bullying and just people being dicks and he didn't want to deal with it. So he went to NXT. I'd really love to see Nigel McGinnis back, too. Like, he's fucking fantastic. I really like his commentary. Like, Morrow and Nigel are one of my favorite fucking broadcast teams ever. And we might be talking about them today more than just in this moment. And that is a golden transition, Cola. But before we get there, uh, I want to bring up... And you know what? This is also This is also fitting because one of our alumni guests on here, Wade Needham... An aspiring commentator in professional wrestling has finally sent us the long-anticipated Ring Scoops, the card game, the pro wrestling oh, card game. And fantastic. Cole, and we're going to do a, uh, you know, a little miniature creative <laughs> commercial because nice. I'm gonna, cause these cards are on the table and I haven't looked at them and I'm just going to put you on the spot. We're not going to play the game officially because... Yes. Because the rules of the game, there's there's four different very cards. Very difficult, yeah. The, no, it's not very <laughs> difficult. It's just it requires on-the-spot, you know, shenanigans. It, it requires being a worker. But th these cards 
there is a set of black cards called gimmicks. There's a set of white cards called stipulations. There's a set of red cards called scenarios. And there's a set of blue cards called venues. And what you do is you get all these cards, you get one apiece, and you have to compile all of these into one promo. Now, for the sake of time and just an example, a miniature example, I'm going to do away with the scenarios and the venue cards. And I'm going to pull two cards, one being a gimmick and one being a stipulation. So, Cole, you're, you're about to get a gimmick and you're about to get a scenario stipulation, whatever the concept is. And you need to just cut me a promo. It, it, All it, right. Just, it doesn't have to be, it could be 10 seconds, 15 seconds. <laughs> just get your point across. I'm pulling the two cards now. And your gimmick, sir, is Surfer. Nice. And your stipulation is you're on parole. Go. <laughs> oh, surfer on parole. That's fantastic. So uh, my motivation, I definitely got arrested for pot possession. Uh, <laughs> and this is uh, obviously some years ago when pot was illegal. Uh, we didn't get to the what decade we're in, so that's fun. But surfer guy, all right, all right, all right. Dude, tonight, my first time back in a wrestling ring in some years. You know, I had to go away for a little while. But right now, I'm behaving myself. I'm doing good stuff. I'm back out cruising the tubes, bro. Tonight, I'm ready to do some cool tricks in the wrestling ring. Watch out for that surfboard attack, baby. The cold daddy coming tonight. For you. Woo, yeah. What the, so like <laughs> Dude. You, you went from you went from like Matt Riddle to Dusty Rhodes I know. In, in a quick minute. <laughs> so like um, Yeah, bro. Yeah. The yeah, let's well, do it, baby. Watch out for that surfboard, baby. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Oh my gosh. You know, that, that's not bad. And you know, that's I, not bad for thirty seconds of prep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was already way better than some of Matt Riddle's real promos. So, <laughs> uh, that's the one. You know what? With Triple H back, that may be the person I'm most excited for on the roster because he was already getting a pretty good push, but they dummied him down so badly that it, it, you just they pigeonholed his spot on the card. Like, he could not be any more than a mid-card comedy act. And I think Triple H will let him be a little more serious and have a little more fun. And I think we might... I mean, I, the prospects are huge for the main roster right now. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, like like I said, two weeks in, and I've all of a sudden I've watched a full SmackDown and a full Raw. So, like, that's... Yeah, uh, and, that's... and I'll probably de check out the DVR after this, see how that's going, because I, I, the thing I'm most interested in right now is just to see the direction. Like, I'm sure the matches are all fine. Um, I did dig in a little deeper on some Tomo some of Tommaso's stuff and uh, AJ, of course. But, uh, yeah, two triple threat matches isn't my favorite way to set up something, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <sighs> We got two good matches out of it. It was I, the way I took it was like there was less segments and more wrestling, and that's what we've been complaining about, and that's what we got. Yeah, and but, there wasn't there wasn't that you know forty five minute three segment thing with the same five you know four to six people, like because Raw has for the last six months has had this formula where there will be a promo or a face off of some description between two entities. 
and things would devolve and break down into some kind of brawl or what physicality. We'd go to commercial, come back from commercial with no announcement or no reasoning whatsoever, and we have a singles or a tag match or whatever. And then that would go a whole segment, and then there would be some kind of other outside interference and bullshit, and now this singles match has turned into a six-person tag, and we're going through another segment. And so you just have a 45 minutes of Raw is the same people. And it takes, you know, almost an hour for that because it's a three-hour show, and what else are you going to do if you're only going to use eight people per week? But this week, they used a multitude of people, probably guys that haven't seen TV time in a while <laughs> and have just been throwaway segments, and they got 15 minutes. And then there was new people out there. Or since they had, like, a, a feud going out throughout the show with Bailey's group and Bianca Belair, they actually broke it up into three separate segments throughout the show, and it wasn't just 45 minutes in a row telling this saga, like, oh, here's a little bit, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next, oh, here's a little more bit, and oh, then there's the big brawl and setting up for next week, instead of just going right into a six-person tag today. So I'm really excited for the direction of Raw. Like I'm going to watch again this week. Yeah, me too. And I don't know how we got back on Raw. We were going back to fun. So, uh... <laughs> So, well, because Raw was fun this week. That's Raw was fun this week. About but, but, you know, we're going to go back to fun. I'm going to pick a card now for myself. Uh, Ooh, okay. I'm going sh- to shuffle these, uh, see if we get something a little better than Surfer on Parole. Now, <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm shuffling. My gimmick is a news anchor. Yes. And my stipulation is food poisoning. <laughs> All right, so Ron Burgundy food poisoning. Got it. Perfect. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of, too. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> so, Soizen, Goose Fraba. Um, okay. Goose Fraba. That's a great, great reference. That's a, that's a hot take, yes. Um, let's see. Okay. Well, uh, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ron fucking Burgundy. We're just going to go with that. And... Uh, <laughs> News from the bowels. Uh, I have uh, horrible food poisoning. I'm going to take it out on the bathroom this Sunday night. Uh, me and the bathroom are going to go to war. I don't know what I ate, but I can shit through a screen door and not touch a wire right about now. Uh, I'm going to come after. <laughs> I'm going to flush the competition. I'm going to throw up all of my opponents, and I am going to bathe in the bowels of hell because this food poisoning is something fierce. I already don't like this game. Um, well, Ron, <laughs> how do you think you're going to fare in your battle with the bathroom this week? Oh, I think I'm going to, uh, I think, you know, um, I'm definitely going to be, I'm not going to be number one. I think uh, we're going to be itching to be number two <laughs> this time around. Uh, oh, oh, Wade, Wade, what have you done to us? <laughs> is it number three, Vomitondo? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, <laughs> I actually feel bad because you had a golden transition to get to our top ten earlier, and I spoiled it with this with this game. That's okay. That's okay. This reminded me of one of my favorite episodes of King of the Hill all time. Uh, so, as anyone who's a fan of King of the Hill knows, that Peggy Hill is the wife of Hank Hill, and she is one of the most egotistical humans alive. Uh, she has no lack of confidence whatsoever. And she, she is a substitute Spanish teacher who does not speak Spanish, does not understand Spanish, but she thinks she does. And so she gets a, uh, she gets a, uh, a temp job 
uh, answering phones, doing the Spanish, uh, taking the Spanish phone calls. And uh, there's a product that the company she's working for that's making everyone sick. And so every every phone call, she's like, yep, yep, yeah. La diarrhea, uh-huh. La vom- la- el-, el vomitando. Okay, yeah, see, see. <laughs> oh, ig- oh, ignorance is bliss. And oh, I, there, so there's good. people there's people like that in the world. So let's get yes, to our top so. 10, Cole. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this. I, uh, uh, I, I was excited because there's going to be a new set of names that we're talking about that normally we don't get to talk about because we're, like, you know, always talking about wrestlers. But let's talk about the lyricists of the music that is professional wrestling. Uh, you know, commentators, broadcasters, they have such an important job and no one knows how hard it is until they try it. Um, but they have to just keep on talking and tell a story and try to communicate to the viewers at home what they're seeing. And it's not like they all go over with this with the performers in the ring. They have to basically, you know, if done correctly and not the micromanaged WWE way, a good commentator just calls what they see in the ring and tries to drag out the emotion and explain to the audience what the performers are doing by their body language and their movement and what they're seeing. It's really an art form that doesn't get the credibility it deserves, and I am hoping that this episode sheds some light on that. Well, it's it's also really topical because um, it, it's not just professional wrestling where this is a big deal. Um, I'm sure you've heard and and. And uh, as as much as you are not a sports fan, this week in the last few days, we lost an absolute legend in the history of of sports commentators in Vin Scully. He had been calling games since the 1940s. He called, you know, old black and white, you know, Dodger games going all the way back and was the Dodgers commentator for 50 years. Uh, and he has some of the most legendary calls ever. Um, and he was one of the most genuine, awesome humans that ever lived. But he was su- the, the thing that made him better than everyone else is he was such a great storyteller. Um, he'd be doing the game. And one time, this was one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. It's one of the most just poetic things ever. He's talking about a player named Tori Hunter. And Tory Hunter had a really, really rough upbringing. His mom was like a prostitute and drug addict, and and he's telling stories about about you know, as a kid, like borrowing his dad's jacket and finding crack pipes in you know in the jacket and stuff like that, while he's having this at bat, mixing in you know ball one, uh, but yeah, and so you know, and then he just tells this amazing story about how this this man made it out of just absolute the worst shit you could possibly imagine to be one of the greatest baseball players that's ever lived and a millionaire. And he's a, a, you know, very philanthropic, philanthropic person giving money back, running charities, all that. And so it like, it's great that we're talking about commentators today because they're such a huge part of all sports, but definitely professional wrestling. Yeah. It, it really brightens up the, presentation you know it's a big difference to see it like when you're there live it's it's fascinating because it's live but like it it still feels like it's missing that little bit extra without commentary um but yeah i'm excited to talk about it uh what shall we do next wall 
Okay. Do you want to? Uh, <laughs> do you want to go first, Cole, or should I go first? Sure, I will go first because we never know what we're gonna get from you, Sir Ronald. So we might as well start off on a good note. Number ten. So I will qualify this again by saying this is my personal preference. I am not trying to rank these people based on where they belong in the history of the world. We might try to do that with our final top 10. But for now, uh, plus I know that this way we'll definitely get two different lists. Um, But my number 10 commentator of all the times, Nigel McGinnis. I think he's fucking fantastic. He's got a great voice. When he gets excited, it adds a level of excitement to the show. Um, But he's one of those guys that's just, he was such a proficient technical wrestler and so good at everything he did he's so good at explaining why the wrestler in the ring is in such pain or why you know what they just did was so smart or why it was such good offense and he's so good at explaining what the moves what damage they do to you and uh, I just love Nigel McGinnis and I really hope to see him back um, on more of a main roster type spot because, I mean, he's just fantastic. I'd rather hear him than, like, Byron Saxton or some of these other guys. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of the commentators of today are pretty much cookie cutter. And, yeah, um, yeah Nigel McGinnis but that, is... that could be changing, though. Oh, it's already one changed. one of those things, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I've heard some things, and I didn't want to dig into it uh, until we get into this list because we might talk about some of these people so i'm gonna let it go but yeah my number 10 nigel mcginnis i love it i love it uh my number 10 uh probably won't make the final list but i wanted to use this i usually like to do this for my number 10s i the number 10 i know he's not gonna make the final list but i'm gonna shed some light on how awesome i thought this guy was like he's not really known worldwide for being the best commentator in the world but he was very intense he brought emotion out to anything, even if it wasn't that very good. And I always thought he doesn't get the credit he deserves. I'm going with Don West. Don West from TNA was awesome. Like, he would scream his heart out, and it didn't sound campy or cheesy. He made he made moves look uh, more amazing, and he made... He basically dragged the feeling out of you. Like, yeah, it was like... It was like JR type of emotion without like the precise timing so yeah don west uh makes my top 10 i'm not mad at it that's a great pick i he he did slip my mind for this i because i have i have 20 with my honorable mentions um i really enjoyed don west i thought he was great um and you're right he wasn't necessarily great at calling the action but he was so good you you could feel in his commentary that he was a fan with us and he was enjoying the action and frankly he's such a good salesman that you know he can sell anything but he was selling the wrestlers like i don't think amazing red would be nearly as over as he got if if not for don west i i think he was so good as a baby face, which we don't get a lot anymore. Like since, you know, Jesse Ventura, really, and Bobby Heenan, we've always had a heel commentator as the color guy. And Don West being a super baby face color guy with Mike Tanay that was just straight down the middle, like, you know, sportscaster type. I thought it was a great commentary team. And Don West brought the excitement and made everyone feel good. 
Wow. Cole, take your pills. <laughs> That's a deep cut, sir. <laughs> that was that was my alarm to start setting up because based on the initial time that we set up for this, I was going to need to have all my stuff ready to go. But uh, we got to start recording early. So anyway, yeah, Don West, solid pick, bud. I love it. Tremendous. All right, so my number nine. Now this one... We said broadcasters, so I didn't have to. I felt like we didn't necessarily need to be stuck in just the commentary booth. So I picked my favorite interviewer of all the times and put him on here because to me, the broadcasters are the hosts of our show. And Mean Gene Okerlund is as great as they ever were, holding the stick in the back in the ring, interviewing guys. He helped so many guys get over. And there are some fantastic promos that you can go find where Mean Gene is holding the stick. And the guy he's interviewing was not very good and (laughs) didn't necessarily – they'd get lost and Mean Gene was there to keep them on track, get the message out. So if you got a guy out there like, say, a Kerry Von Erich who wasn't having his best day and he'd be rambling on a little bit, Mean Gene would make sure that the information that was important – got out in the interview and he's just fantastic you know a guy with a great sense of humor a very dry wit but i love him everyone from that you know watched 80s wrestling loves mean gene and so i thought he deserved to make the list that's awesome and you know i I didn't really consider that caveat or you know uh kind of tweak to the um standard here of uh including like interviewers because man i i I kind of want to do a live edit on one on one person uh, to, well, ma- it's to your mention list and you haven't announced it yet, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true because you know I don't think we'll ever have. I'm gonna do it. You know, I'm gonna take off. Oh, who do I take off? I can't we'll take off Don off, West. Yeah, we'll throw it in your honorable mentions. You know, or do we'll, we'll keep some things alive. Yeah, I'll do a deep. I'll do a deep little take on this person during the honorable mentions because I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stick with my commentary desk set up here. Um, but my number nine. My number nine, I don't feel gets enough credit as a color guy. Uh, I, I, I like Nigel McGinnis. He always talked about the science of what was taking place in the ring. Um, and he would always, and like everyone jokes about it now, but they would always, he would always like take a subject and bring it back to his experience. And I think that's what uh, color commentators are supposed to do. But Correct. he had an experience for every scenario to the to the point where it was also where it was kind of used car salesman bullshit. But uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Larry Zabisco. Uh, Larry yes. Zabisco, Monday Nitro. I loved him. I he 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 always struck me as the old guy that could still whoop your ass, like no matter what. Like anytime NWO came up to him and like got in his face, and he stood up to defend himself, Pete, the people would blow. Uh, they they were huge Larry fans at, at uh in, during Nitro. He he just had so much support and like this was during a time period where I didn't even know his history. He was just a random old guy behind yeah, a commentary yeah. desk, and then you grow up and you learn. And you know, big big run for old Larry. But yeah. uh, I love I really enjoyed his commentary, and I'm uh, glad to talk about him on this list. And and Larry Zabisco has one of those great voices. Yeah, and uh, it was really good with the inflection in his voice, and he he could very he walked that line right between guy giving you information and sounding like a dick that thought he knew better than everyone, and, and so like it just with the inflection in his voice, he could flip heel on a dime, but still 
had enough, you know, uh, gravitas to remain kind of a baby face in the middle. And I thought he did a great job of walking that line. And then he had some good matches, frankly, in the 90s, you know, when his big run was in the 70s. And uh, he's still a character to this day. Uh, my sister has, you know, run into Larry Zbysko along the <laughs> somewhere along the roads because he's still living with wrestlers as we speak at this point in one of those like group homes <laughs> where there's like five guys trying to make rent. <laughs> so uh, he's a very interesting character. And uh, I hope everyone has a chance to meet him. I would love to meet him someday based on everything I've heard about him. So solid choice. Yes. <clears throat> All right. My number eight, uh, going to stick on the color commentators for now. Uh, one of the guys I just love who pretty everything I just said about Larry Zabisco kind of goes to this guy, too, where he's you know his credibility and so when he talks, he's got the gravitas, but he also talks in such a manner where he can flip heel on a dime. And I'm talking about Taz. I think Taz is one of the best commentators ever. I think he's great. I really feel like AEW has kind of taken a step forward since Taz has kind of become a, a regular fixture in the Dynamite booth. Um, I feel like they're transitioning JR out, you know, a little bit. But uh, I, I think Taz being there, because Taz has great rapport with JR, but he also has fun with Sockface and, uh, you know, good. Old, I shouldn't say that. I like Excalibur. He's a nice man. So do I. He doesn't have <laughs> yeah. an easy job. No, he does not. And, uh, yeah, how when basically you think you're going to be the lead commentator and then they sign Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone and stick you in a booth with those guys – but you're still kind of supposed to be the lead commentator, but you're working with Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. Like, that's not an easy spot to be in. And uh, professional, yeah, good, the art of professional person. wrestling takes place at the desk. At the desk too, they're making this yes. kid. They're making this kid right now. You know, you yeah, got absolutely. you got to start with with the, with the names, and then we're gonna slowly as we go on transition with Excalibur being the main guy at one point. Yeah, but I, I think Taz has has. Every, every booth he's ever been in, he has had great chemistry with everybody. And, and I feel like he's one of those guys that can work with anybody in the booth as well as in the ring. And I just, I really like Taz and uh, I'm glad he's got a bigger role with AEW in the commentary booth. Tremendous. Yeah. Uh, commentator Jones. <laughs> My number eight. Uh, we we mentioned his counterpart, or well, uh, multiple counterparts. But uh, I think this was this was a guy that spoke about the science of professional wrestling, but as the play by play guy, which was a nice change of pace. You know, you don't you normally don't hear it. But Mike Tenay uh, made my list. Uh, I always thought he brought a lot of uh, credibility to what was taking place inside of the ring, and uh, I think he deserves a, a place on this list. Absolutely, he was on early draft of my top ten list, and uh, I I think I made room for Mean Gene, um, but Mike Tenay is firmly on my honorable mentions. Um, like I said, I thought I thought him and Don West were a great commentary team. They for me they might have been the last kind of really good commentary team until Morrow and uh, Nigel McGinnis. Um, so yeah, I I. I think he has a great shot of making the final 10. So I'm, I'm solid with Mike Tanay. 
my number seven. Now, this one's a little more fun. This is maybe the lead commentator that called the least amount of wrestling moves ever, but <laughs> he was always fun, especially especially when he had his favorite counterpart with him. Um, but we'll be talking about him in a little bit, so I'll let it go. But for now, 80s wrestling fans, Gorilla Monsoon in the booth. I love old Gorilla. Um, you know, one of just those, just one of those guys that everyone respects. They still call it the Gorilla position as we speak. Um, you know that that spot right behind the curtain. So uh, I enjoyed Gorilla's commentary. I thought it was great. He was fun. He was funny. He also um, brought a lot of gravitas to the position. He's a former wrestler. He was a big draw. Um, so I, I think he, he lended credibility to the announce booth. So I love me some Gorilla Monsoon. He's my number seven. Good. I got no retort yet because we're going to get there. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> my number seven, my number seven, uh, I think pretty much started the gimmick that is the color commentator. Uh, I think uh, when I look back at wrestling, uh, like older wrestling when I hear his voice over the match, it always, it just makes me feel like the the match is more important, or it makes me feel like oh this is a time period right here. Like whenever I hear his voice commentating over a match, I just feel good. <laughs> I'm talking about Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura uh, just represents a whole time period to me. Like you know, right on the cusp of before I was a fan. You know when when I got in there, it was Vince McMahon and uh, and uh, Jerry the King Lawler as the commentary team. But, like, just before that, you know, you got, like, Gorilla, and then before that, it was Vince and Jesse. And I, when you hear the combination of Jesse and Vince, I, I just, I don't know, it's music to my ears. And uh, every match that I've seen that Jesse Ventura commentates, it's like it represents a time in place, a time period that just makes me smile. And we're going to keep the conversation rolling because my number six is Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah. Uh, he was so great at getting guys over especially baby faces because you know he was such a heel as a commentator and like and and i had mentioned earlier i think he was really kind of the first heel commentator at least in the modern era i'm sure there were some guys somewhere that had a heel play-by-play guy but or sorry color guy but he he was so good at getting the baby faces over even even though like you could tell he was rooting against them and he'd kind of be backhanded complimenting them sometimes um he when it came down to it he still would tell the truth and be like ah you know i mean he'd he'd make up some bullshit and and, and lean towards the heels but he was so good at putting the baby faces over by by putting over the heels but then mentioning kind of backhandedly how how awesome you had to be to take them down and so in in a way while still keeping that heel commentary role, he was so good at getting the baby faces over and making them bigger stars that absolutely. And he has that great voice. that's just incredible. And the, the sense of humor, which was great, wasn't over the top like Jerry Lawler and Heenan sometimes would get over the top telling one liners and whatnot. But Jesse would like, he would sneak it in there and you'd just find yourself laughing and cracking up while he is getting the action over Love Jesse Ventura. Absolutely, I think, going to make that final list. 
Awesome. Yeah, and that was like kind of my criteria. Once we get to the once we get to the end of my list, you're going to realize that there's some problem there's some glaring missing people, and my criteria was I need somebody who is able to be who they are on commentary while calling the action. Yes. Uh, you know, if if it's just only talking about yourself or only one-liners or only being funny, you know, then you, I I loved your work, but you didn't make this list as far as my standards and criteria for this list is concerned. That's why, and we'll get there. You'll you'll see who is missing and who's in my honorable mentions. But yeah, uh, going back to your number seven, he's my number six, Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon, much like Jesse Ventura, represents a time period, and it just immediately makes me feel good. Like, and you're right, he didn't call any wrestling moves. He just made up weird. He just made up weird names for body parts. To this yes. day, I still call stomach a bread basket. Uh, yes. <laughs> right in the bread basket. Oh, yeah. No, Gorilla Monsoon. The solar plexus. <laughs> <laughs> and like he was one of those figures that was like, you know, nobody. This is during the time period where nobody touched the commentators. So, yeah. and I, and this is something that we talked about before. When he finally got beat up by Vader, that like made Vader to me. Uh, yeah. And so it just goes to show like how. You know, you don't really you forget like he was a menacing monster when he was actually a wrestler, but yeah. he just had that father figure, fun uncle, just you know that, just that everything's gonna be okay type of like presence. <laughs> like, like, and I'm going back to who I was as a child. Every time I saw him on TV, it's just like he looked so inviting, and you know he just was a big part of the show. And I, I loved his voice. I loved his commentary. And much like Ventura, he represents a time period that makes me smile. And not to mention, if we want to go all the way back, Gorilla Monsoon had a fight, air quotes, with Muhammad Ali. So, I mean, he was a big-time star all the way back to the 60s. And uh, you're right. He like he just, when when you hear Gorilla in the, in the commentary, it feels like your grandpa's there telling you stories. Yes. That's what it feels like to me. It was awesome. I love Gorilla. I'm so glad... We're in sync on that commentating team, <laughs> Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon. So, my number five. Um, now that you you mentioned it, now I feel a little weird. Like he's might not make your list, so I'm glad he's on my list. Um, and you know, I kind of buried him a little bit. I took a shot at him, but I think Jerry Lawler, for all of his one-liners and silliness, is just one of the greatest color guys of all time. Um, you know, like. When Mick Foley gets thrown out, he's dead. You know, just yeah. like some. <laughs> That's it. He's dead. <laughs> Jerry Lawler has some of the best, you know, commentary lines ever, and he was funny, and he he lended credibility to. I mean, you know, he might be one of the most, you know, the biggest offenders of of the uh, Attitude Era in in pushing some bad things, but at the same time, it was part of what they were doing, and he was such a part of the story. And uh, even though he started out as a heel, he became an all-time babyface as a commentator. And he's such a beloved character. And, and obviously, a lot of it has to do with that he was sitting across from Jr. But uh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, Jerry Lawler's going down all time as one of the all-time great color commentators in the history of professional wrestling. So he is my number five. Awesome, I love it. And yeah, Jerry the King Lawler, one of the best characters ever. Uh, did not make my list on my honorable mentions. Uh, we, we I kind of alluded to that, but yeah, he represents. I think 
he's like the spokesperson for the Attitude Era. Like, it's just yeah. a guy dressed like a king just drooling over tits all day. Like, <laughs> what's well, not to love? Also, also, too, him wearing his king outfit on commentary, commentary like, it, yeah. it, it, it also gave us a link to where we were. Like, so he's out here in this silly gimmick <laughs> on commentary with a fucking crown and a robe. Well, it's not just and, the jacket know, yeah. and the crown. Yeah. He's got his boots and wrestling gear on. Yeah, he's old exactly. school. Old school exactly. Memphis wrestler. You never know when you're going to need it, brother. Yeah, and so he's giving us this link to the past as well as, you know, that brings credibility to his spot as the color guy. You know, he's the king. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Now he's in the booth. He knows what the hell he's talking about. And, uh, yeah, I, I love Jerry Lawler. He's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about him. My number five, uh, I don't think this guy will ever get the credit that I'm about to give him right now because this guy had, I think he had it all. He had the intensity. He had the comedic timing. He had the color skills, and he had the play-by-play -play skills. Oh, and here's something. He did it all by himself. Joey Styles is my number five, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think, you know, he had big shoes to fill in order to call wrestling by himself, and he found a way to do it and not make it so boring. Yes, he was over the top, but, like, that kind of calls for it when you have to call an entire pay-per-view by yourself, and not just a pay-per-view, the entire product of all, everything that they did. It wasn't until, like, their last year in business where he had a partner, but... You go back and watch it. All of ECW's stuff, Joey Styles is just providing the lyrics by himself. And, you know, that sucks. <laughs> like, I, I do not wish that on anybody. Like, I tried commentary, like, once, and I, it was with two other people, and I was, like, floundering. But to do this and just fill dead air the entire time, even shit that sucks, there was a lot of bad in ECW as well. So, yeah. I'm using this as a platform to give Joey Styles the credit he deserves for doing that all by himself and still making it entertaining. Well, I think he's going to get more love today than you thought. So uh, I'll hold on to Joey Styles for a little minute. But you did bring up, you just brought up something. Um, so to further put over Vin Scully in your world, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but a baseball, the greatest <sighs> announcer in the history of sports, died this week. So give me. Two chances to put him over. He did 50 years in the booth by himself. He, that's why he was so good with those stories. Like, can you imagine an 80-year-old man calling games by himself and still being the most enthralling part of the sporting event that's happening on your TV? Vin Scully is, will never be duplicated ever again in any sport ever. He is a freaking treasure and I, it, I implore you, even Ronald, to uh, just go see if you can find his official retirement video on YouTube and just listen to Vin Scully talk for a few minutes. And I, I think you will uh, not sigh next time I bring up his name. <laughs> well, I mean, how hard, could it, how hard could it be to be more entertaining than baseball? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, speaking of more entertaining than baseball, my number four... Uh, I love whenever we have lists that this man gets to be involved in. It's a great day because we get to talk about one of the greatest performers in the history of all of professional wrestling, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean, what else can you say? I, I you know, he, 
is kind of a cross between Jerry Lawler and Bobby the Brain, or sorry, Jesse the Body, where he, I mean, he's like right in between it. He has the best of both of them, where he's great on commentary, uh, and he's so good at getting the baby faces over by being a total shit heel. Uh, I'll never forget, you know, him with Yokozuna and Lex Luger. Hip lock, hip lock, hip lock. It's not a, it's not a body slam. <laughs> like just f- flat out lying on commentary <laughs> to get people to try to bury the baby faces, further making them bigger stars. I think Bobby Heenan is one of the greatest. I he, he no matter what he was doing, he was the best at it, and. uh so this is the last of my color commentators, and I think he is number one color all time. Bobby the Brain Heenan, my number four. Yeah, I loved Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, and I'm going to use this time to talk about him now because he's also an honorable mention for me. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, I thought he is the number one guy in wrestling that had that comedic timing. Like, he can take any serious subject and then hit you with a joke out of nowhere. Like just even like as simple as an opening. I remember there was I, what was the what was the show where like him and Gorilla would be like you know on a news update uh, show and then they would pitch to like matches. Was that like primetime wrestling or something like that? Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway they opened the show and Bobby the Brain. He this is during the neck brace era and he's got a neck brace on and and Gorilla Monsoon is like hello everyone I'm Gorilla Monsoon and and Bobby the Brain Heenan goes and I'm hurt. <laughs> And I thought that was just so simple and hilarious. Just looking all pissed off. Doesn't even introduce himself by name. Just says, and I'm hurt. But yeah, I'm 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 stoked that uh, we're we're I'm I knew we were gonna talk about uh Bobby Heenan, but uh yeah, just I think he's one of the greatest managers of all time, one of the best promos of all time. Just didn't quite make my list as far as the commentary team goes. And I understand why he's on yours. But uh, I, too, am done with my, well, no, am I in, no, yeah, I, too, am done with my uh, color commentators. Everyone else is play-by-play from here on out. And my number four, uh, I wish I would have had this earlier when we were talking about baseball again, but uh, he also didn't make baseball entertaining at one point. Uh, <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm going with my number two, uh, basically, childhood commentator. Uh, on one side, I had Jim Ross, and on the other channel, I had this guy, Tony Schiavone, ladies and gentlemen. I love me some Tony. I don't. I don't. I never understood the the flack that he got as a as a play by play guy. I always enjoyed what I what I watched and heard. Uh, I also have the advantage and yeah, the advantage of discovering him while I was a child. So m- maybe my critical thinking skills weren't on par, and I just enjoyed the show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, even today, like he doesn't he doesn't really add a whole lot. He just. Seems like he's happy to be there, and that shows through. And, yeah, Tony Schiavone made my list. High up on the list. So, Tony Schiavone is on my honorable mention. And uh, I, too, had the, you know, privilege of discovering him as a child. But but for me, the reason he doesn't make my top ten list was even discovering him as a child. Like, he never caught my attention, never really stood out as being good or bad. Um, because I think he, you know, because he is a sportscaster. He calls football games, basketball games, football, or baseball. He does all of this, and he was doing that before he was a wrestling commentator in WCW. Um, I like his interviewing skills more so than his commentary, but I, I think he just, 
calls the action down the middle, no frills, no... Re I mean, he does get excited, but he, for me, he doesn't necessarily get guys over. Uh, he leaves that to his, you know, commentary partners. Um, he just calls the matches and presents what's happening to people, which is great. He's, he's good at that. Um, but he just never caught my attention, which I guess could be a good or bad thing. You know, I never sat there and went, God, fuck, Tony Schiavone sucks, which I have about some other commentators, maybe some that are currently working in WWE at the moment. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm I but I love Tony Schiavone as a human. <laughs> His podcast is one of my favorites. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about him. I, I, I think he'd make a lot of people's top 10 lists because he was the voice of WCW. And if he doesn't make this top 10 list, then that's going to sting! <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, my number three already appeared on your list, Joey Styles. I yes. think I, yeah, Joey Styles is phenomenal. He's absolutely incredible. You hit it right on the head when you said he provided the color commentary as well as being the play-by-play -play guy. He's phenomenal. Um, and but he he has a little bit of everything. Good storyteller. He has the excitement. He would get pissed off at the bad guys in that way. To I mean, he lended credibility to every single thing that happened on ECW because one, he was knowledgeable like Mike Tanay. He was a good commentator like a Jim Ross or a Tony Schiavone, where he delivers the moves. But he also had like the excitement of a Don West. And, like he's basically has a little bit of all these great commentators rolled up into one. The only thing he's missing is like just having a great voice. Because sometimes his voice could get great, you know, really pitchy and annoying and, 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 and get obnoxious from time to time. But give us one oh my god, Cole. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> But he was just, he was, I think, I, I don't, I honest to God, don't think ECW could have been nearly as successful without Joey Styles. Like, I think if anyone else was calling their shit, it would not have been as good as it was. Because, like, I don't think, I don't, I don't even think like a Jim Ross or, or I just, I don't think anybody could have done what Joey Styles did for that product. It was like the perfect marriage of a guy with a personality that fit the wrestling promotion and what the product that we were seeing. And like I really I I cannot imagine ECW being half as successful as it was with anybody but Joey Styles. Correct. And I'm so glad that was said. It needed to be said and I hope this makes the airwaves and people hear it and go out of your way to watch some ECW just to hear some Joey Styles. But that's going to bring me to my number three, Cole. And we've talked about him quite a few times, uh, even just in our preamble before we started our top ten. But my number three, this guy had all has all the tools to be like what we, how we feel about Jim Ross today. But I think Mauro Ranallo is like peak what you can become as a commentator like he he has everything that you need that voice the his cadence uh his ability to call the action his ability to season his words like you know Jim Ross has can have a glossary of just his own terms 
like I felt like Mauro Ronaldo was scratching that surface too. Like I never thought I would ever hear "Mamma Mia" and 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 connect that to an awesome thing in professional wrestling. And it just ended up being his slogan. Um, yeah, gone too soon. Hope he comes back. And just and that and that's another thing. His little cup of coffee in gone too soon from the wrestling world. Yes, not yes. he's not dead. Everyone, <laughs> he's alive. Yes, usually when people say gone too soon, it has one meaning. So <laughs> it, it, it it pops me in the wrestling business. <laughs> he very he very much is breathing today. Uh, but I wish I hope he comes back. Uh, I. That and that's another thing. He's so high up on this list, and he only and he's only been in the he was only in the business for a very little time. And uh, he does some great work on Bellator. Um, yeah, Mauro Ronaldo really dragged the emotion out of me, especially in my late twenties, early thirties, which was which is hard to do in wrestling. You know, I'm just kind of an observer a lot of the times. But when a commentator can drag the emotion out of out of me today, uh, that's really saying something. And he's the last one to do it. My number two, Mauro Ronaldo. And yes. the only reason that Mauro is not my number one, because I think he is the best professional wrestling announcer of all the time, skill-wise, is that he only has a couple of years under his, you know, on his resume of calling professional wrestling. So I couldn't in good conscience make him number one on this list. Um, but... There is no one better, um, and I I do. I hope to God he comes back um, and is the... I, I want to hear him calling the main event WrestleMania because I think he makes everything he's doing sound more important. And I think he lends credibility to the company because he does call boxing and MMA, and... He's the perfect mix of straight-laced sports commentator with fan. Like, yes. he is one of those guys where it is it comes through how passionate he is about professional wrestling and how much he loves the business and he loves the people he works with. And Ronald was there when I went up and I talked to Mauro Ronaldo. He took a picture for me, which was very kind of you. Um because anytime I get a chance to thank somebody that's been in or around the wrestling business for making for saying good things about my sister, making her sound good, making her putting her over, I I will not pass up that opportunity. And uh, Mauro, I think, really made Candace a he really got her over with the crowd because. You know, the WWE crowd for all their, you know, for, for their years in the business, they don't aren't necessarily independent wrestling fans. They're not necessarily professional wrestling fans. They like the WWE product. And, and, and as we've seen, there's a good chunk of people that are diehard wrestling fans, probably somewhere in about the 700,000 range of people that are diehard, serious wrestling fans. And so any for anybody that had no idea who my sister was, he put her over as one of the most technically sound, you know, and tough female wrestlers on the planet and one of the toughest humans in the wrestling business on commentator on commentary. And so, uh, you know, I love Morrow. I think he's the best to ever do it. 
but he's number two on my list. Amazing. Yes, I'm so glad Marl Ronaldo is getting talked about, and I hope we talk about him even more because he's alive, and uh, <laughs> we get to, we get to we get to talk about how awesome he is in the wrestling business. Um, if he goes to AEW, that's going to be a game changer. Uh, yes. My you my next Mar- two. Could you imagine Morrow and Taz? That'd be perfect. Oh my god. All I right, mean, sorry. I mean, <laughs> I just got a little boner right now. <laughs> it would definitely it would definitely be move over Excalibur at that point. But yes. Um. My you can number two, dark. <laughs> yeah, my number two and one, uh, basically are my two favorite commentators of all time, just because they were at the desk during my peak fandom. Uh, and my number two gets a lot of eye rolls today, but this guy's voice is sprinkled all over my memories. Uh, and just the classic opening of Raw. Welcome everyone to Monday Night Raw. It just really brings me back. But Vince McMahon, topical figure, Vince McMahon, <laughs> uh, as a commentator, I thought was fantastic. You know, and it, and it, he, if it wasn't real, he damn sure is a great salesman because he really turned up the excitement. But because it's, if you look back, it's all his vision, it's his company. So he's going to express what he thinks we should be expressing watching it. Like, if that makes sense. So, like, like his classic lines of, one, two, oh, no, oh, no, oh, like, that's, in my mind, that's his perception of what excitement should be. Yes. And, oh, what a maneuver. Oh, no. <laughs> I just, I love watching classic superstar tapes and listening to Vince McMahon call wrestling. Yes, yeah, so, after our Doink the Clown episode, I watched... Royal Rumble 1993, or no, sorry, SummerSlam 1993 in its entirety. One, two two takeaways. One, that pay-per-view is one hell of a lot better than I remember it being. Also, um, I vividly remember their, the Blue Brothers being the opening match of, WrestleMania, or of SummerSlam 93, and that did not happen, so... <laughs> Uh, it was good to go and, and refresh my memory and go, oh, you've been believing something that didn't happen for like 20 years? <laughs> yeah, no, the Blue Brothers didn't really debut until like the end of 94. Yeah, so maybe it's SummerSlam 94 that's the Blue Brothers. But this pay-per-view is actually fantastic. Razor Ramon in the opening match. Um, I mean, it's such a good pay-per-view. The Steiner Brothers versus the Heavenly Bodies fantastic wrestling match and even luger and yoko is better than and and much much longer than you would ever think like you would not think that those two guys are going 20 and still you know working hard at the 20 minute mark but they did it was a hell of a pay-per-view but vince mcmahon was absolutely in rare form especially uh for the doink jerry lawler bret hart you know double match kind of thing where the finish was fantastic. Brett wins. Jerry Lawler submits to the sharpshooter. And Brett just does not let go. Doesn't budge. The ring fills up. People are trying to get him to break. He absolutely refuses. His brothers get in there and push people back. Like, fuck it. Fuck Jerry Lawler. Let him die. You know? <laughs> and, and so Brett ends up losing a reverse decision on disqualification. Absolutely fantastic pay-per-view, but Vince McMahon is absolutely incredible in this. It's him and Bobby Heenan, and uh, it's so much fun listening to Bobby Heenan 
just take shots at Vince the whole night. <laughs> and it, it's one of the things that I don't think Vince gets enough credit for. Like at this point, people just rail on him for being this egomaniacal, ridiculous person. But he was the butt of Jesse Ventura, Bobby Heenan, Jerry Lawler jokes for good 20 years on commentary on commentary. Like he's absolutely fantastic. He did not make my list. He is on my honorable mentions because like when you actually listen to his commentary, it's really God awful. It's one of the worst commentators for any sport type thing that's ever happened when you really listen to it. Like we were talking about gorilla monsoon, not calling the action, but Vince really didn't call anything. Not at all. (laughs) Just laughed a whole lot. (laughs) And it's fun to listen to him arguing with the heel at his side. But, uh, and it, 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 but even still, it's exciting. It's fun. He's excited and it, it comes across through the TV. Um, I mean, how often does that get it. replayed in your brain? The boyhood dream has come right. true for Shawn right. Michaels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does have a handful of calls that are just legendary and fantastic and amazing. But also to be, you know, since wrestling is a work, what better way to get your story across and the things you're trying to tell than to tell the people yourself? Like, it's really a brilliant move. And, uh, you know, as as much as as people roll their eyes and make fun of it i he did a fantastic job of telling the stories that were involved in the angles and feuds and the matches not he wasn't a great commentator as far as play by play goes but he was a fantastic storyteller and and really great at building the characters and 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 making these people bigger than you know larger than life characters so i'm not mad at it and he has a shot definitely has a shot at the final 10 So, my number one, and I have a feeling just by process of elimination that he is also your number one. I don't think anybody that's our age has any other answer for who the greatest commentator of all the times is, unless you're just one of those assholes. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's Jim Ross. I mean, it's Jim Ross. He is the epitome of of excitement of the guy that's got credibility but's also a fan he's so great at at presenting it as a sport which i think is the most important thing that he gets this across as a sport he legitimizes everything that's happening and he also has that passion and he would get mad he's one of the few guys that would really get mad at the heels and curse them and 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 get upset and get emotional and say what the fans want to say to these dastardly assholes in the ring. Um, but if you if you want to go back and just see who has like the most legendary calls of all time, who's got the most, who's the top of the list, it's Jim Ross all day long. You know, by God, he's broken in half, all that stuff. Like, I don't think anyone is going to have any other answer because he was the first guy to do it on a fully national stage. Like the, the, before him, there's some great guys that we haven't talked about. And we will talk about in the honorable mentions who, who get mentioned in the shoot list for the greatest of all time, but they did it in a territory and they had a small audience. And so Jim Ross was the biggest face of commentary in the worldwide professional wrestling era. So 
there's no other choice for me than Jim Ross. Well, yes, there's no other choice for you for but Jim Ross. But my number one is Mike Adamley. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good joke. <laughs> Mike Adamley had big shoes to fill, and uh, he uh, he really is this real. Because <laughs> you know when you're tasked with a job like that, with no experience. <laughs> Meanwhile, your cognitive functions are actually slipping away as well. That's something we didn't know. Like the wrestling community shit all over this guy for being so god awful at his job, but he literally was losing his mind. At the time that this was happening with, with uh, early onset dementia and whatnot. Yeah, so he sacrificed his insan- his sanity for the business. <laughs> oh, God damn it. You want to talk about Jim Ross now? Or? Yes, let's talk about Jim Ross now. My number one is Jim Ross, good old JR. Now, as commentary skills aside, name someone else in the business that's just unconditionally loved like no one like they'll make fun of him for getting people's names wrong today but like as far as his run in the attitude era the wwe stuff if you if you're in oklahoma there's gonna be a jr angle and it's gonna get nuclear heat on whomever heel that's going to do it uh it was just a fixture in wrestling anytime they were in oklahoma you're going to fuck with Jim Ross. Jim Ross yeah. is going to get fucked with. And it always works because the guy is so loved. Um, but let's go back to why we're here, the commentary. Just a bunch of legendary calls. Like, I've been on, like, you know, I'll sometimes I'll go and, you know, just watch old stuff just because I remember Jim Ross's commentary over it. You know, he can he really can make a match better. And he can make the great matches even better. You know, his call during the Hogan-Rock match... Uh, the the freaking Hell in a Cell match, uh, man, there is a cage match between Rikishi and Val Venus that he just goes ballistic over when Rikishi jumps off the cage, like he could, he really like puts you, he really puts himself into your emotions and drags it out on camera, like yo, know, just little things like by God don't do it, you got a family, like he's he's like he's hearing what we're saying invested into the product and trying to communicate it back to us. I just thought he always had great timing, great emotion. Uh, whenever you think of wrestling, I think as far as sound, he's the first person that comes to mind. Um, yeah. Uh, just, and to this day, he's still doing it. And like, that really shows through too. You know, he's not just the dude that's good at his job. This, this is the dude that loves what he does. And even though I'm sure he's eye rolling a lot behind the desk right now, He's still having a blast, and he wouldn't show up unless he was. So, well, we know for a fact he's eye rolling because he verbally eye rolls oh, yeah. on commentary. <laughs> Absolutely, because he knows, because he's called some of the best shit on the planet. He's definitely sat the closest to the ring during the biggest moments in wrestling, and you know that's another thing. You know, commentary skills aside, he's been in front of just about all the great shit that's taken place the last forty years. Um, yeah. And we're not even talking about some of the WCW stuff before his WWE run. Yeah. So, yeah. Without question, and I'm stealing a Tony Schiavone thing there, <laughs> Jim Ross is at the tippy top of this list, and it's kind of inarguable. 
Yeah. yeah. So, as it stands, we have five that we agree on. And then we have five that made each of our lists that we also said were on our honorable mentions. So we have a list of ten that we could go with. But before we do that, let's dig into some of the honorable mentions. And I'll go ahead and continue to go first. Uh, as as I just alluded to, there there there's one name that's obviously a glaring omission from both of our lists because even Jim Ross says the greatest wrestling commentator of all the times is Gordon Soley. Uh, he was the voice kind of really of of what became the NWA on a national basis. I mean, Gordon Soley's one of those guys that did wrestling commentating for 40 years and, and just was totally legitimate. He was in that Mike Tenay vein of just being straight up, you know, no frills. But every once in a while, he'd get a little upset and give some stuff. But he's from that old school where you just called the action. And that, and he did that so well and for so long. Um, and I wish that he's one of those guys that probably would have had more exposure in the 80s had he not had some demons that he was dealing with, as we like to say in the wrestling business. Um, so he just never got the national attention that he deserved. And so we should talk about him, mention him. Do you have any Gordon Sully in your, uh, you know, your uh, viewing history no not at all i'm aware of the name i'm aware of his history i've heard clips and i've seen like maybe a match or two but you know he's kind of like he's kind of like bruno for me like just way before my time period don't really yeah. care to go back uh but i'm aware of i'm aware of the history i'm aware of the legendary status just you know way before my time um so and the, so there's two more um kind of territory commentators i'd like to touch on one for any of us that watched the uh rick flair's last match you got to watch bob coddle out there doing some some interviews and and doing in uh, uh a couple of segments on the show where he did some interviews and whatnot he's one of the legendary territory announcers and of course we have to talk about him because jim Cornette talks about him all the time lance russell one of the legendary voices uh one of those guys that uh, called jerry the king lawler for years and years and and so we we got to mention them because historically speaking, these are guys that belong on these lists um, that a lot of people would have them. And I don't want to just come across as people that don't pay attention to history. But our wrestling fandom started in the 90s, guys. So like we haven't, you know, I've heard these guys because I've watched everything from the 50s to today. Not literally everything, but I've watched stuff from every decade from the 50s on. And so I've seen a lot of these things. I've heard these commentators, but they're just, you know, they haven't touched us personally. So, you know, they didn't make our personal top 10 list. So just uh, in, in fast order, Jim Cornette, I think is one of those guys who was great on commentary, but he didn't do it enough for me to make my list. Um, Paul Heyman was one of those guys that was like kind of scratching the top 10 list but i real i just i like nigel mcginnis personally better than paul Heyman, so he didn't make my list dusty Rhodes, baby of course wcw i you know i wanted to get some wcw guys in there and dusty was fantastic pat mcafee i think give if we do this list again in another few years uh might crack the top 10 but uh i think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk about the guy who's been the commentator for the voice of the WWE for the last 20 years, Michael Cole. 
Yeah, Michael Cole gets a bad rep. Uh, I, you know, you, you're, he is a victim of the micromanaging uh, yes. of WWE, and now uh, it seems like. It, and if you watch the whole SummerSlam show, you'll see that the handcuffs are off. Uh, a lot of himself is coming through. He's saying words he's not allowed. He wasn't allowed to say. Yeah, uh, and that's what I've been hearing. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. And even I'm, Corey I'm, Graves, which is another yeah. commentator that you know yes. is on the rise to being like, he was a year into being a commentary, and he did the entire seven hour WrestleMania by himself with all wow. the brands, and he did it very well. And you know Triple H is high on him. That's why he kept him on. I think Corey Graves is going to be a very good color guy. Well, I mean he already is, but I think we're going to talk about him in the 20 year later version of this list. Uh, I, yes. I, I think Corey Graves is uh, something special. But and- that that's one of the things I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious because I don't think Michael Cole's bad. I don't like no. hate him like a lot of people do. I'm wondering if over the next few years, he, he's going to have the opportunity to kind of change the way he's viewed by wrestling fans. Now that he doesn't have Vince McMahon screaming in his ear for three hours every week. And so I'm really interested to see how his uh, legacy is going to change in the years to come. And if he's going to get a huge, uh, we're sorry, apology tour from professional wrestling fans. Oh, you know he will. And, you know, that's the thing about fickle wrestling fans. They don't love you until you're gone. Like, where the fuck was the appreciation while I was here? Uh, Yes. (laughs) uh, Another uh, honorable mention for me, the only reason he didn't make my list was because he didn't do it enough, and I thought he was a great color guy. JBL was fantastic on commentary. I thought he he was very funny. Uh, He he also had the um, advantage of having wrestling match experience with just about every guy on the roster during the time he was doing it, so he, he gave, like, immediate knowledge of... Experience, yeah, rather. First hand. Yeah, first hand experience. experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you believed him because you just watched him go through it. So, yeah, JBL was an honorable mention for me. Um, trying to think of who else. Um, and there's a lot. And obviously, for me, Jerry Lawler and Bobby Heenan were on my honorable mentions. Earlier, uh, yeah, w- we touched on this earlier when you uh, brought an announcer or an interviewer in the uh, in the list. Um, I don't know when we were going to talk about this guy, but... Uh, I had this naive thought that this guy was the owner of the company uh, because he was always the host. He was always on. T- he was always in front of the TV, guiding me through the show. And for whatever reason, I just I thought he was like the owner. Like he re- he reminded me of like remember uh, like if you're watching like Nickelodeon Blues Clues, just that yeah. ver- that 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 guy, that just the host, that very feel good host that makes you feel everything's like okay, but. I'm talking about Todd Pettengill. When the fuck are we ever going to talk about Todd Pettengill ever? So when you brought up the 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 switch up of uh, interviewers or maybe like hosts or whatnot, I always thought Todd Pettengill was awesome just because I discovered him when I was a child and I had this weird thought that he was like he ran everything just because he was always up in front yeah, of the camera. Yeah, yeah, he was like the host of 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 professional wrestling for yeah. a while. He he took the Mean Gene role. Yes. Like he took over that role. Another guy I think we should mention that that you now that you mention it, like the host, like uh Lord Alfred Hayes was another guy that hosted, you know, a wrestling show. He did the studio show and, and they would cut to him after of course after Gorilla Monsoon and Heenan did that. And they, they, they kind of became the commentary team. And Lord Alfred Hayes took over that role 
and and he's another guy that just you know he had that especially with the accent and 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 just the the gravitas in i've used that word a lot to fucking day mm-hmm. <laughs> but he had that in his voice where he just you felt like he was in charge he was the host he made everyone feel welcomed and, and happy to be there and and so yeah we got to talk about a lot of awesome people today that uh you know whenever when the hell else would we ever talk about them um now hugo savinovich right <laughs> Yeah, I'm told he did things, but let's go back to Mike yeah. Adamley. Um, okay, enough enough fun. This is the most we've well, ever spent on a top ten would, episode. I, I would like to say Mike Adamley is not the worst commentator that's ever been on a professional wrestling show uh, because that is uh, uh, what's-his-face Marquez that did the fir- one of the first AEW shows. He was the absolute worst, and uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh officer bar brady marvez yeah officer marvez. bar brady yeah 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 oh, yeah yeah that was boy. good times that was something else <laughs> something else but so, uh let's get this it's halfway done so who's yes. gonna be one through five so we've got jr morrow uh joey styles gorilla and ventura that we agreed on in our top 10 list then, uh, based on, on your and my list with the honorable mentions, we agreed on Mike Tanay, Vince McMahon, Tony Schiavone, Jerry Lawler, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Is there anybody we talked about you think deserves to skip ahead of any of those five and be on this final top ten list? No, that list sounds perfect to me. Like I, I used my obvious won't make the list guys as just, you know, I use them as a platform to have a discussion about them. Maybe they won't make the list, but the list that you just laid out to me and we'll we'll spout it off soon, uh, is pretty damn balls accurate. Um Yeah, no no objections here. Alright, then we have a solidified list. And a solidified order? Yes, sir. Well, counting it down now. Ten! Mike Tenay. Number nine. Jerry the King Lawler. Eight. Skiavone Tony Schiavone. Seven. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Six. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Five. Jesse the Body Ventura. Four! Gorilla Monsoon. Number three. Joey Styles making the top three. Two. Mauro Ronaldo. And number one, Mike Adam Lee. <laughs> I'm not going to let you bully me to that again. It's good old JR, Jim Ross, the voice of professional wrestling in our childhood. Uh, that is going to complete... The creative team's top 10 list for this week. Ronald, this was fun, but what do we have coming to the fans' earballs next week? Oh, we're going to jump in the Ron Stoppable Coltrane DeLorean, and we're going to go all the way back to the 80s, ladies and gentlemen, in a special two-part bracket. Yes, we're taking everybody who was in the 80s, big time in the 80s, and we're going to throw them all in the bracket and we're going to solidify who the greatest wrestler in the 80s era was. Cole, are you excited? This is going to be the furthest we've gone back in time on this show. Very much so excited, and uh, I will just say right now for everyone before we get there so that we don't have any arguments, 
look, there were guys that were big stars in the 70s that were still hanging on in the 80s. And then there were guys that started in the 80s that became super big stars in the 90s. They're not in this bracket, okay? <laughs> this is the guys who were the biggest in their career during the 80s. Um, and, and so before we get, you know, people throwing Bruno San Martino at us and Bret Hart's and guys like that, those guys were big, giant star top guys in different decades. So uh, I'm very excited for this. Uh, one of the things that got me really excited, um, well, a little bit sad, too, because I know we just can't do it. Um, a 70s bracket would be absolutely amazing. But the only person that would be excited about it is me and like 10 other people. So this is probably as far back as we can go, ladies and gentlemen, because this is when the modern era of professional wrestling started and what we all know today as professional wrestling. So I'm very excited for this. Uh, we get to talk about some of our favorite wrestlers, the guys that shaped our childhood and uh, our early, because even though we started watching wrestling in the early 90s, we had blockbuster video, ladies and gentlemen, and and Ron, much like myself, quickly caught up on as much wrestling as they could. And so even though like the guys that we were stars when we started watching, like these were the biggest names in the history of professional wrestling. And so I'm super thrilled. I know this is kind of the golden era now as we talk about it. Isn't it funny? Like, you know, when we were kids, like the 60s and 70s was like the golden era of everything. And now the 80s and 90s is the golden era of everything because we're the old people now. <laughs> yeah, time is stupid. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't like saying, like, I know it was only in the 90s. Motherfucker, this is almost 40 years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. So this is old school. The, the recency bias doesn't really shouldn't really exist if we're talking about nineties. <laughs> yeah, correct. That's the thing. So I'm excited for the. I, I feel like you know I, I've been telling you this a lot off air, but I feel like we were really you know quite comfortable in hitting our stride on the podcast, and basically for the last several months, I feel like we've really knocked everything out of the park. I know, like, the first few Take It Up With Creatives we did were a little bit shaky while we were still finding, you know, what we're doing. But I feel like we've tuned up everything, and this is getting real excited. So, for the fans out there, what we like to ask is for you guys to like, share, comment. You know, go ahead and tell your friends. Uh, you know, hit us up on the social media. Let's get the conversation going because I feel really good about this. Like, I, I told Ron, like, I've always hated listening to myself whether or watching myself. Like, I didn't like watching my matches. I don't like listening to myself sing necessarily. And I've been on two podcasts before this one that I didn't necessarily love listening to, but I enjoy this podcast. I listen to it in the car from time to time, and I don't feel like a fucking Mark doing it uh, because I think it's good. I think it's generally good for the first time. So thank you, Ronald. For uh, for for bringing this out of me and for being, you know, the uh, the creative force that is behind the creative team. Yes, well, my pleasure. It, it's uh, if I didn't love it, this wouldn't happen. So uh, yeah, right, because right now you got to work. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a break from life to do this, which is actually more work, but it's actually fun work, so I don't give a shit. But yeah. to coin a phrase well not coin a phrase steal a phrase from one of our top 10 today we are desperately out of time 
Yes, sir. So, for Ron Kilborn, <laughs> I am your host, Cole Dawson, no! saying thank you, we love you, and good night. Moi. What an outro. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.